Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome back to the Statman Dave Football Podcast. This is episode 40. We have made it there today. We're going to talk the news. Then we're going to answer your questions. The big question coming in today from at official ATJ, which is my greatest Premier League 11, so stay tuned to that. So first up, before we dive into the news, let's do some iTunes reviews. So two comments that have jumped out to be comment of the week today. One of them comes in for D77, Statman Dave to the rescue. I've been following Dave ever since his days on Football Daily and he's probably one of the most knowledgeable people when it comes to football. Big fan of TF3, great podcast. And now he's got his own podcast that can only please my days even more. Keep up the good work, Dave. Well, cheers, D. Thanks a lot. But comment of the week this week comes in from Sexy Charlie 101013. Which just simply says, legend, five stars. The man, the myth, the legend, Statman Dave. Great football analysis as always. Then that's a quote from Carlos Zaldiva. Thanks a lot, guys, for sending that in. So Sexy Charlie gets comment of the week for this week. Anyway, guys, right, let's talk the news. So first up on the news, Donald Trump fires a missile at Syria. What a crazy man. Moving on to other bits of news that's more football-related. Koke was reportedly robbed at gunpoint. In Madrid, uh, the assailants left with a €70,000 watch, which is pretty sad. Hopefully, Koke can respond to that. You know, there's some massive games coming up, but obviously, safety and goodwill and being okay is more important than football sometimes. So, hopefully, Koke is okay. Moving over to Brazil, a Syria D club um, called Fluminense de Ferreira. Apparently, he's using its numbers on the back of its shirt to advertise offers in a supermarket. For example, the centre half, number five. His shirt will read five, dot, next to the shirt, and a little bit of, say, 99. And he'll be advertising, say, your steak. Absolutely mental marketing gone mad. Moving to some contract news. Uh, Jess Lingard has signed his new deal at Manchester United. I mentioned, I spoke a lot about that on yesterday's podcast. So if you haven't listened to it, get involved there. I was sort of attacking, you know, some United fans in a way that will push for youth, will blame Mourinho for not playing youth, and then... The other way, when a young player has come through the club or a club, an academy graduate, they'll say he's not worth the money and so forth. It's, it's a real hypocrisy there. But anyway, if you want to listen to more of that, listen to yesterday's podcast. It's an absolute banger. Moving to other contract news, Wenger coming out today saying Sanchez wants to stay at the club and it's between Arsenal and his agent to discuss the deal. I think that's some uh, good thinking from Wenger. I kind of don't think that's 
correct. But anyway, guys, happy Friday. Make sure you go and get a beer or a glass of wine or do something that you'd like to do after work today. Or if you're not at work, have great fun. Anyway, it's question time. So the big question of this week, at official ATJ, at Statman Dave, your greatest Premier League 11 ever. So, I dived in here. Um, there's some notable admissions to this list, but this is my greatest ever Premier League team. And because the 4-4-2 has come back into trend, I've set my team out in... A 4-4-2. So in goal, I think between the sticks, there's a few keepers that I'd pull up there. Schmeichel, Edwin van der Sar. But the guy that's going to win it for me is Petr Cech. Petr Cech holds the record for the most clean sheets ever in Premier League history. With 186 clean sheets, averaging a clean sheet every other game. His consistency at Chelsea under Mourinho, under Ancelotti, and then back under Mourinho again has been absolutely incredible and is doing very, very well at Arsenal uh, under Wenger, with even though that Wenger's defence is pretty dodgy, he's still racking up the clean sheet. So Petacek in goal. Going to go with the back four. Uh, Going to go Gary Neville at right fullback. Um, you know, the inventor of the Gary Neville overlap. Something that's, um, you know, tactically was something that was... Uh, quite frequent in the 90s but Gary Neville made that his own manoeuvre um, you know great at getting forward a great servant for the club and captain, captaining Manchester United for so many seasons so decorated Gary Neville 100% in there the two centre-halves this is where there was a lot of you know a lot of thought in my mind is there going to be some Chelsea players in there um, you know the likes of John Terry uh, Carvalho maybe looking at Arsenal you've got players like Colo Torre who was very good there um, Sol Campbell but I'm kind of going to go with two United centre-backs I think they were just dominated the Premier League for around you know ten seasons or eight seasons, and that's uh, Rio Ferdinand and Nemanja Vidic, a great blend of Ferdinand's ability to read the game, bring the ball out of the back, and get United into through the third, through you know playing those attacking passes that is so highly regarded in Europe right now. You know the likes of Benucci. The reason why he's going for so much money is because he can play a full pass from centre back. Ferdinand used to do that for fun. Total partner Ferdinand, obviously we're going to go Nemanja Vidic, who won player of the season on two occasions, which is incredible for a centre-half, commanding, aggressive, but very underrated again with the ball at his feet, a fantastic servant for Manchester United. With those two players and of course Edwin van der Sar behind, United went on to break clean sheet records, break records in terms of uh, you know the most minutes without conceding a goal, a fantastic pairing. At left fullback, I'm going to throw in Ashley Cole, a great servant of Arsenal, um, the Invincibles and, and so forth. He had a great relationship with Pires and Thierry Henry on that left-hand side. Um, he's got to go in there, definitely the best left-back, a great servant for Chelsea as well. In terms of the midfield four, let's start on the right-hand side. It's got to be Cristiano Ronaldo. Incredible season in 2007-2008, 31 goals in 34 games, mostly playing as a winger in that season. You know, And he's gone on to obviously be one of the legends of the game at Real Madrid, but did fine, fine work that season at Manchester United. Carried them to a... Premier League, Champions League double, but an incredible goal-scoring form. Talking about other goal scorers, let's talk about our centre midfield pairing, and there's a few goals in there. 177 from Frank Lampard and 107 from Paul Scholes. That's the pairing. Scholes' is guile, Scholes' ability to dictate the play, but also at the start of his career to be a great goal-scorer from midfield, and Frank Lampard just a goal-scorer throughout his whole Premier League career. The best midfield goal-scorer we're ever going to have. He scored, in fact, 57 more goals than any other central midfielder in the Premier League and is only behind Ryan Giggs in terms of assists as well. So Lampard, 100% for his goals and his ability to score. Talking about other great Premier League central midfielders, Ryan Giggs has to be the left-back. 162 assists in the Premier League, more than any other player. So good on that left wing, and later played central midfield in the 2010-11 season for Manchester United. Tid partnering 
Michael Carrick. But again, on the left wing, was so dangerous, so good with the ball at his feet. Really evolved his game from being a flying winger to a technical winger, winger to a very technical central midfielder. Giggs at left midfield. And the two strikers... We're going to go with Alan Shearer, the record holder for a number of goals in the Premier League, and of course, Thierry Henry. I think I really appreciated Thierry Henry a little bit more after looking at him and Mbappe and their similarities um, in the YouTube video this week. But yeah, Henry, what a player, you know, in terms of goals and assists, of course, that season uh, where Arsenal became unbeatable, 30 goals. The season before that, he scored 24 goals and registered 20 assists. Absolutely incredible for Thierry Henry. So back to front in my 4-4-2, checking goal, Neville, Ferdinand Vidic, Ashley into midfield, Ronaldo, Lampard, Skulls, Giggs, and of course, Shearer and Omri up top. I think it's, uh, you know, there's quite a few United players in there. Well, we've got three in midfield um, and three in defence, but, you know, United did dominate the Premier League for a number of years under Sir Alex Ferguson. And that's been that. So that is the greatest 11 over and out. Thanks for the question from at official ATJ. Moving on to other questions. LFC for life at Smooth Sado. Who will finish in the top four? So right now my top four goes as follows. Chelsea will finish top. Spurs will finish second. Manchester City in third. Arsenal in fourth. Unfortunately, United's consistency and Liverpool's inconsistencies this season are really going to cost them the title. We see how Liverpool struggle with two goal leads. We see with United struggling to win at home. Um, you know, 12 draws at home is just not good enough from Mourinho's men. They'll get into the Champions League through the Europa League. I expect them to finish in sixth this season. So there is work to be done from Mourinho. So that is the top four. Again, just to recap that. Um, Chelsea, Spurs... Manchester City and, of course, Arsenal. Moving on to Solemn Paranjapi's question. Is Aspilicueta the best out-and-out defender in the Premier League? And would he make a good captain, in your opinion? So I think Aspilicueta isn't the most be- isn't the best out-and-out defender in the Premier League. I think he's the most complete defender. I think he's got the, more, the most different skills out of a defender. You know, he can tackle, he can uh, play, he can read the play, he can intercept, he can break, he can assist, he can do pretty much anything. In terms of centre-backs this season, Aspilicueta has won more tackles and completed more passes than any other centre-back in the Premier League. And he's been fantastic for Chelsea at right centre-half. You know, moving from left-back last season or the season before under Mourinho and now to centre-back, Aspilicueta shows his versatility, his ability to win tackles, but also Aerody has been doing quite well this season when needs be. In terms of best out-and-out defender, I think there's a list of four of them that I'm going to give you right now. We've got Koscielny, Michael Keane, Curtis Davis and David Luiz. I'd rank those Koscielny number one, David Luiz number two, uh, Curtis Davis three and Michael Keane four. I think Koscielny just is the best defender in the Premier League for me and he has been for a number of seasons now. Moving on to Luke Frost's question. The most underrated teams and managers in Europe's top five leagues. So before we talk about underrated, I'm going to talk about teams that were underrated at the start of the season. So teams that are now rated. That's Napoli with Sarri. Fantastic 4-3-3. Incredible play, uh, you know, creating and ball playing on that left-hand side with Hamzik Insignia and then Dries Mertens through the middle to link it all together playing as a false nine. Of course, Yardim at Monaco. His Monaco team is just brilliant. Such a good team to watch. So good in the transition. So good at creating from their fullback. So good from creating from their two wide players that drift into number 10. And of course, Mbappe and Falcao to lead the line. That's without even talking about their beastly central midfielders. Bakayoko and Fabinho. That is a scary pairing. Talking about other managers that are now rated that weren't at the start of the season. Nagelsmann at Hoffelheim. The 3-5-2. Beautiful. In terms of his record as well, the Dortmund... Um, 
and Bayern have only got more points since Nagelsmann took over is incredible and is leading them to Champions League glory the first time in their history going to be incredible to see them in the Champions League next season in terms of managers I think are slightly underrated right now Marco Silva at Hull since being appointed as Hull City manager Marco Silva has the fourth best record in the Premier League only behind Everton, Chelsea and Tottenham that is incredible for a team full of misfits and players that you wouldn't consider to be that decent Marco Silva is doing a fantastic job and if Hull do go down um, and someone like you know any club is looking for a manager I'd get Marco Silva straight away remember he's only 38 years old incredible over to Italy Stefan Pioli into Milan Great style of football. He's going to get them competitive. They'll be competing with Juventus for the title next season. There'll be some investment in the summer, but it's for the right guy. Pioli is doing a cracking job over at Inter. The 4-3-3, they play very German, very aggressive. Kondogbia looks good again. Gekki Ledini looks very good in central midfield. And then, of course, you have Icardi, supported by the three, Kandreva, um, Perisic, and, of course, Eva Bonega. Lovely stuff over there. And then, of course, I've got to mention uh, Lucien Favre's job, job that he's doing at Nice this season. We're a title contenders at the start of the year, but he's still doing a very good job with a very young side. So they're my three underrated right now. Silva, Pioli, and Favre. Moving on to Harvey's question at Barca TT23. I still think Roma can win Serie A. They're six points behind Juve. And they still have a match at the Stadio Olimpico against Juve. Thoughts? I kind of think it's dead, just because Juve is so good at suffocating their title rivals. Either if it's financially in the market, you're thinking of Pjanic and Higuain going from Roma and Napoli last season, or on the pitch where they've got this sort of slow style of play this season where they, they'll score a goal and then they'll either sit back and counter-attack, or they'll sit back and just like suck the the sort of spirit out of you, similar to what Barcelona did under Pep Guardiola. But also on the break, you've got Dybala, Higuain and Cuadrado. It's looking very nice. And I'm loving the use of Allegri using his central midfielders in wide positions in the big games recently. The likes of Storaro coming at left midfield and Lamina coming up right midfield against Napoli. So Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And I think uh, it's going to be 
Juve are going to win it. I think this game's going to be good. I think Spalletti versus Allegri will be a fantastic game, but I think Juve will um, will go past. But next year is going to be a cracking year in Serie A. You've got the likes of Napoli, Roma, and of course Inter Milan that will be competing for Juve's title. Moving on to at who's Trev's question. Most influential player in Europe's top five leagues. So most influential player for their side this season for me has to be Thiago at Bayern Munich. Not in terms of his goals, not in terms of his assists, but it's his overall play. His ability to win the ball back. He's made more interceptions than any other player in Europe's top five leagues in the opponent's half. But also on the ball, completing more passes than any player at Bayern Munich. Really strings it together. Either when he's playing deep in midfield, if um, Ancelotti goes with... Muller at 10 or when he's deep as a 10 in midfield he's fantastic at pulling the strings and Bayern are going to win the Champions League this season Thiago is going to be absolutely pivotal in that moving on to at silver KDB underscore MUFC not sure which team he supports his question do you think Emil Feuchberg should look to a move to another Champions League side or stay with Leipzig I'd quite like to see him stay at Leipzig I do like Leipzig they're a very good uh, team in terms of watching them and they're stylistically but it could be, you know, the big boys could be sniffing around him. He now has 13 assists in the Bundesliga this season. That's two more than any other player in Europe's top five leagues. Five of which have come from corners. Usually a ball to the near post for Timo Werner to head home. It's one of the moves that they've kind of perfected in a way. Forsberg, a sort of outswinging corner to the near post. Timo Werner flicks it in, either near post or far post. He's created four goals on the counter-attack and four goals on open play. On the counter-attack, he's absolutely majestic. Drifts from left-hand side into number 10 to create a sort of uh, asymmetric 4-3-1-2 with Foisberg as a 10 behind Werner and yeah, Paulson and it's really good to watch really good you know through ball opportunities shooting opportunities he takes them all and makes the right decision but he's a fantastic footballer and I will I do think he's going to leave Leipzig in the summer but I'd like him to stay moving on to LFC commentaries question at LFC comments question for next Friday could the FA do more to regulate the area just outside the pitch boundaries to improve the player's safety thinking of Alexis Sanchez injury into the ca- uh, the camera box the slope at Old Trafford and the proximity of the advertising hoardings I kind of agree with this Old Trafford is one of the worst pitches for that if you've never been to Old Trafford basically the pitch um, there's a probably about a three foot gap of flat ground and then it drops down to a nasty slope that falls onto concrete or like soft padding and then into the hoardings very very dangerous bit you know something United potentially should work on obviously it's for the drainage of the pitch but there's the player's safety that needs to be taken care of so maybe yeah the FA could definitely do a little bit more moving on to the packed mouse question at packed mouse on twitter if they keep their best players can Spurs establish themselves as a top four club at Arsenal's expense Yes, I think they, if they do keep their best players, they can do that. But more importantly, if they keep Pochettino. Pochettino is the guy that's knitting this all together. Without Pochettino, you, we were not going to see the likes of Carl Walker in this form, Danny Rose in this form, Dele Alli, Harry Kane, Christian Eriksen. You know, all these players that are really outperforming themselves this season and last season. We wouldn't see that if Pochettino wasn't there. So more importantly than losing their stars, I think it's about losing, not losing Poch. If they lose their stars, Poch can go and find a new young lad and bring him through and you know, make him perform in Pochettino's system. I don't think you can buy, you know, no one's going to buy 11 of Spurs' players, so they're still going to keep their, you know, key components there, and Pochettino will shift the point of attack or shift the point of defence like it's done this season, switching between a 4-2-3-1 and the 3-4-2-1. So yeah, Poch, very important for Spurs. So moving on to Carlos Zaldiva's question. A fantastic listener of both the front, the front three great podcast and the Statman Dave football podcast. Of course, another great podcast. 
if you could play for any iconic football team ever, what team would you play for and where? I'd choose Pep's Barcelona in 2010-11 on the right wing in place of Pedro because I love the style of play and would love to play under Pep. And I'm also a left-footed winger. Great question again, Carlos. I would play for Ferguson's Manchester United in 2007-2008. Where I'd play, I'd like to see myself playing um, either the Darren Fletcher role, the sort of um, player that you can bring on in those bigger games to harass, to intimidate the opponents, or players Carlos Tevez as the striker that is, again, applying that pressure in that final final third, but also great goal scorer and great assister. So, yeah, in United's 2007-2008 uh, team, I'd also like to play maybe under um, Luis Enrique's Barca, even Rakitic, that would be me. The guy that's doing the dogged work, the hard work, the hard yards. Or maybe Kante in Leicester, in Leicester City's title-winning side. But anyway, moving on to um, moving on to Ryan Brazil's question at Brazilian on Twitter. Who should Newcastle sign in the summer, assuming they get promoted? Well, first up, I'd go over to Fulham and sign Tom Kearney. Maybe get Ryan Sassignon as well. In terms of Tom Kearney, you've got the most passes in the championship this season, created the most chances. Nine goals and um, nine assists for a central midfielder is absolutely quality. But what he could do is he could link this um, Newcastle attack without having John Joe Shelby in there. Newcastle have looked quite poor. Putting Tom Kearney in there, you're getting an upgrade of John Joe Shelby, but you've also got John Joe Shelby. So there's that duality there that Rafa Benitez may need for you know to compete in the Premier League. Also, potentially look at Helder Costa at Wolves. Um, you know, the game going back to the FA Cup against uh, Liverpool, where he was absolutely fantastic, Helder Costa. Played really well, playing on the right-hand side, was drifting around, creating chances, scoring goals and so forth. In terms of this season, eight goals and seven assists. So there's two players to take from the championship, maybe Ryan, K- Ryan Sessegnon as well. Three that Newcastle should sign in the summer. Moving on to Eric's question, at Chels. Eric, I know you're a United fan, but what Chelsea loan players could compete for a first-team spot next season? Well, Eric, don't worry. I love football. Any questions about football, send them in. I love answering anything. And of course, Antonio Conte, probably one of my favourite managers this season. So in terms of loan players that are coming back to Chelsea, I think the obvious one is Andreas Christensen, coming back from Borussia Mönchengladbach. Very adaptable player, can play in a back three, can play in a back two, which obviously helps with Conte at the club. Sorry about that siren, Paris, I don't know, someone's probably kicking off or something. So anyway, going back to Christensen, um, very good at reading the play, a great ball player out the back, could be a good rotation option for someone like David Luiz. Um... Moving on to other players, of course, Tammy Abraham, 19 goals in the championship this season, a wonderful season at Bristol City, a team that's really struggled. Give him a chance, Conte, just give him a chance. And potentially Lewis Baker bringing him back from Vitessa. He's having a wonderful season in there at Divisi, but it is a bit of a step up to the Premier League. So I'd say Christensen and Abraham more, maybe Lewis Baker as a third. Moving on to the Man United-based section. Got some good questions coming in. Mahidra, uh, Mohindi asks, are people overreacting over Lingard's contract? Yes, 100%. They're being a little bit silly. It's just £100,000 a week in football at Manchester United now. That is relatively nothing. That's probably the old school 30 grand a week. So, yeah, massively overreacting. And Lingard is a great servant for Manchester United and will continue to be a great servant for Manchester United. So, moving on to Videshi's question. Videshi, uh, Nathani, uh, best current team for United this season plus... And the best team next season with if you're allowed five tra- five transfers, which is an incredible question. I think we're going to explain United's best team on Wednesday. We're going to talk the 3-4-3 on YouTube, so make sure you go and check that out. That'll be dropped on Wednesday. But in terms of five transfers for United, if I could sign some players, five. Let's go with Bakayoko, Fabinho, um, Bernardo Silva, Benucci, and Griezmann. So United would set up with David De Gea in goal, back four of uh, Valencia, 
Nah, and you're obviously going to throw in Benucci, Eric Bailly, left back, Luke Shaw, uh, into central midfield, Bakayoko and Fabinho holding. I've lost Paul. Then Mkhitaryan on the right, Griezmann on the left, Paul Pogba as another central midfielder with Bakayoko and Fabinho and Zlatan up front. That is just off the top of my head. That is a sick team. But anyway, moving on to Carlo Spicy Vina. Great little name there. Very cheeky. At Jones 96 Jack. Uh, Martial or Rashford for a long-term replacement as a number nine. Who would your choice be? And do you think they could share the position? I'd pick Martial over Rashford uh, if I was picking one, but potentially in a 4-4-2 under Leonardo Yardim. Both Rashford and Martial, that would be absolutely beautiful. So, moving on to hashtag Mourinho at LVG effect. Who's United's most decisive player in that final third? Well, potentially it could be one of three players, but equally they're indecisive when it comes together. You know, first up Zlatan, great creative force for United, um, you know, in terms of the Europa League, he's created more chance than any of the United player in terms of, obviously, the Premier League, top goal scorer, all comps, top goal scorer. He's missed more big chances than any other Premier League player this season. Then moving on to, say, Paul Pogba, who has been quite decisive. You know, the assist that he got against Swansea. There's a number of other cracking assists. The amount of chances Latin has missed that would have been assists. The only issue with him as well, a bit too slow sometimes on the ball in the final third. Moving to the last can- candidate, Henrik Mkhitaryan. But then again, hot and cold. We've seen some cracking performances, but we've also seen some absolute rubbish performances. So out of those three, I'm going to give it, give it to Zlatan because of his goals um, and creativity, but obviously he does miss some big chances. Moving on to um, Bax Tom's question. Most underrated player um, and overrated player in world football. Underrated player Nabi Keita. He's going to be the best central midfielder in world football in a few seasons. Overrated at the moment, Angulo Kante. Too many pundits jumped on the best midfielder in the world line and they're finally figuring out he's not. He's a very good player. He's fantastic at what he does. He's an excellent player. But is he the best central midfielder in the world? No, absolutely not. He's not nowhere near the likes of Thiago, Tony Cruz. You know, come on. Come on, pundits. Get better at your job. You know, I'd also say, you know, someone like a, a Casemiro is a better destroyer than Angulo Kante. And Kante's a brilliant player, I'm not saying that, but he, now he is overrated. Because people were stupid and overrated him before when Leicester City won the, when, won the Premier League title. You've got to think about the Champions League. That's the creme de la creme. Kante, has he ever played in the Champions League? No. Exactly. Go back to the drawing board, you bunch of muppets. I'm talking to you, Lee Dixon. <laughs> Moving on to Michael Roberts' question. If you had one choice of another striker other than Griezmann to United... Who would it be? Well, if United wanted to look for a, a goal-scoring midfielder and you're like a, a second striker, either Sanchez or Deli Alley. In terms of strikers, if you wanted to go down the line of signing them, either Lukaku, Icardi, or of course Harry Kane. And to finish things off, uh, we're going to ask, we're going to answer Aiden Aiden 28's question at um, i5i on Twitter. If you could compare a football player to a TV movie character, who would it be? Bit of a weird question, but whatever. Yeah, a little bit of a weird question. I was racking my brain, and I came up with Paul Pogba and Jess Lingard being Walt and Jesse from Breaking Bad. Now listen to this, right, guys? Pogba would be Walt. The brains behind the operation. The guy that's creating things. The guy that's dictating the whole operation of producing um, meth. And then Jesse? Like Jess Lingard. You know, his pal... Looks like a fun guy, you know, he's good to be around um, and can get the job done when needs be. So, yes, Paul Pogba and Jess Lingard are Walt and Jesse from Breaking Bad. Anyway, guys, that's been that for the Statman Day Football Podcast. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and make sure you drop those reviews as well because it means the world to me and I can also read the funny ones out for you. 
But anyway, I'm going to run the Paris Marathon on Sunday, so make sure you tweet me at Dave with some words of encouragement, because quite frankly, I am bricking it at the moment. Slight knee injury. I've got to run 26 miles. I am scared. Make sure you check out my Snapchat as well. I've been Snapchatting over the whole weekend, showing you Paris and showing the run. But over and out, see you later. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye.